Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, Board Gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back on another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number 147, Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That's right. Our special guest tonight, Don Eskridge. He's the designer of The Resistance, The Resistance Avalon, and a bunch of other games, including one I want to talk to him about. I haven't even told him this, but I, I want to hear about a particular game he's designed. He also designed, he also wrote a new book on gaming called Hand Games 21, New Games for Friends and Families. Stick around the show. We're going to get to that pretty soon. We're going to talk about it. Hit us up on social media. Hey, the Gumbo Overlord checking in. What's up, Perla? I hope you feel better. Sorry you can't make it tonight to, to chat with uh, Dom, but make sure you get the chat crew uh, visiting with us. Spe hit us up on social on social media tonight, on Twitter, on Facebook, at Board Game Gumbo, and we'll be looking for your questions in the chat crew. But enough blather. Let's get right to our special guest. It's Don Eskridge. Hey, man, welcome to the show. Hi, BJ. Glad to be here. Thanks for Don having me. Don, I'm super excited. I told you this in the green room that I've actually been kind of following your career from afar. <laughs> thanks to my friends at the Dukes of Dice. Alex Goldsmith interviewed you a long time ago. Sean Ramirez, shout out to him. Number one uh, Avalon, res resistance Avalon player in the world. I think it, nice. it self-described. But anyway, <laughs> I know I know I'm a little sure bit about true. you. <laughs> I know a little bit about you, but you know the chat crew may not. So let's, uh, let's you're a designer. You know what the elevator pitch is. <clears throat> Give us the elevator pitch. Yeah, so my name's Don. I am a designer. I've been a designer for, oof, I don't know, at least 12 years. Um, when I was a young guy, I had an idea for how to make Mafia a better game by trusting people instead of, you know, offing them. And so I worked with that, made it into a game, published it for free online, and Indie Boards and Cards asked to pick it up. I said, okay. They published it, and now it's in most places around the world. And actually, I just saw a video recently that it's in Antarctica, too. So that's Antarctica, cool. Antarctica, like down on the – Yeah. Uh, wow, they're it, playing it down there? Yeah, yeah. So this uh, this guy did a tour of the, of the base, uh, I guess what you, that's what you call it, and they've got a – game room and it was uh one of the games on their shelves so i was uh, i thought that was neat i did see in the interview that you said that the difference between the resistance and mafia werewolf by the way i played mafia werewolf a million times and i played resistance mm -hmm. dozens of times it used to be our friday night game when we were okay. you know we were waiting for everybody to uh to get there for a big group and then split up into two groups we'd have six or seven people when we played the, the resistance but you said that nice. in mafia you can't trust anyone but in the resistance, you wanted people to be forced to kind of trust. It's one of the things I didn't like about Mafia or, or Werewolf. It was that thing of just pointing at people and trying to shake them or, you know, make them not trust each other. And I, I never liked right. that. But, but what did you mean by that? And why was that such a breakthrough for your design? So, I mean, trusting people is something that's hard for people to do, but it's something that they want to do. You know, in, in life, people can get burned easily, but they also gain great, great happiness from actually putting that trust and having it be rewarded. And when you're put in a safe space where you can give the trust and also be betrayed, then it just creates a lot of really exciting human moments. The, the funny thing about the resistance is that it all happens in this smaller package that's been kind of gamified, right? Where, mm -hmm. Whereas there's a reason not to trust someone or to trust someone because people can honestly say, well, you've seen what I've been doing. 
Like when you're playing right. BSG and and you're the you know you're Starbuck and you're flying around killing all the ships. You can tell mm. people I'm not a Cylon. You've watched me. I've been killing all the you know I've been taking out all the ships. <laughs> yeah, but you're not mm. helping them do anything else, right? You're mm. giving you're building that trust factor. I love that part. I, I saw that you had discovered werewolf on a trip to France. Is that right? Right. Yes. Yeah. When I was, uh, I, I did a study abroad and I played werewolf uh, for the first time, the Lugo de Tieslu uh-huh. there. And uh, yeah, I really liked it, but I thought there are things that could be improved. So, all right, Jack Crew, we got to find out. I, I'm, I'm dying to find this out. In how many different languages can you say, trust me, I'm not the werewolf? <laughs> uh, so, tu parles français, I don't know if I can say, Je, je parlais, je par, je parlais français. So I learned French in, in college. I haven't spoken in about 15 years, but je suis le résistance. Yeah. And I might not be perfect, but um, in German, uh, ich bin der Widerstand. That's, again, not great German pronunciation, but I, I, I lived in Germany for a while. And in Korean, tonne l'existence Wow. Okay, we got three languages where he's saying, "Hey, trust me, people. Trust me, I'm not the werewolf." So that's <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Luckily for you, we're eight thirty and nine thirty here, Central and Eastern, so we're probably not picking up any of our German friends. So I, I don't know. I'm okay. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, yeah. German. So, but and actually, this time works out really well for me because for both of us, surprisingly, it's not usually the case because it's eleven thirty a.m. for me here, and so my. One one baby is sleeping, one kid is in kindergarten, so I can actually do this. So that's good. Oh, that's perfect. That's great. Yeah. And Verla says very impressive. So she was very impressed. She was very impressed. Thank you, Verla. So we got at least three languages. That is pretty when when did you start designing? What 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 time period was that? Was that college? Or, so I mean or have you been the, like most designers just tinkering all your life? Just tinkering all my life. Yeah. I, I would say. You know, I've said this in other podcasts, but even as early as Connect Four, I made Connect Five, and I made a, a circular version of Connect Four, and I was in a carpentry class, and I made a 3D circular Connect Four. So it was it was the circular Connect Four, but with four layers, four four circles. Ooh. So there were a lot of ways to Connect Four, and I can't say I can't say it was the best game in the world, but it was it was fun to make. We had a teacher that would always bring up, uh, she had like a whole collection of educational games. And I loved games. I mean, my earliest memories are playing card games with my grandmother. You know, we played a game mm. called Bataille, which I think you guys call war. Uh, we learned, okay. I mean, we learned, we learned Bataille. I was like three or four years old. It's one of my earliest memories. But I would go to this class and she had this shelf full of these educational games. And I'm I'm like, oh my God, it's gonna be like payday or monopoly or risk. Mm-hmm. And we'd open them up and they were exactly what you think they are. Educational, you know, boring games. Okay. So uh, instantly okay. me and my friends, because we were all tinkerers, we would design our own games. We we made our uh-huh. own D and D modules. I mean, complete with artwork and the letters wow. on the front, you know, made it look like a module. Well, instantly we would change all the rules and house rule everything. I didn't know nice. what we were doing. We were designing games back then. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Those kind of experiences where you just tinkering uh, and playing. Definitely. And I would play with just decks of cards and just just make any sorts of little games. You know, my sister and I made a game we called like Bust or Blast. And you know, you used to have four cards in front of you, and on your turn, you'd like draw a card or maybe you had a hand of cards and you played one onto your line of four cards and each card had its own special ability. So swap one of your cards, swap with another player, 
totally blast their four cards. And what? your goal was to get like four of the same cards or two pair or like like a, like a run, something like that. So it's just ways of modifying other players and my tableaus to make make the goal. And there's a game that we play that's so similar to that. It's based on Cabo, but it's from um, it's from Bezier Games. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, it's the one with the oh silver. That's the one I'm thinking of. Not exactly the same. I haven't, I haven't played the silver series, but yeah, I, I've, they're, heard, they're I've heard of face them. down. But you're but you're still each one of the cards has a special power. So I mean, you could have been Bezier Games had you had you done could that have, way. Could have, been. <laughs> could have been. Yep. What you know, a necessary part, of course, of designing games is getting play testing. I am terrible. I'm just a terrible play tester. I really am. I just, I just yeah. never know what the designer is looking for or what I should say. I want to say something super intelligent or witty or something. Mm-hmm. I don't, what do you look back? Get, give us some, give us here in the chat crew some help. What, what do well, you, I would say, for? so I, w- I would say, I would say your, your concerns are, are holding you back. So you just said, you don't know what the designer is looking for. You don't know what to say. You want to say something super intelligent. All of these aren't necessary. Just don't worry about that and play the game. Just play because the, the designer is watching you and, you know, the, the designer is hearing, you know, the, the laughter, noticing the intense gazes, you know, if, if he or she is doing their job and they're taking in the experience. Um, so that's, that's certainly what I'm doing. I don't need my players or the, or the players who play my game to throw out some wicked cool idea or, you know, how to fix this. Or, or even feel the need to really clarify their feelings, um, because I, I will, I will gain it just from just from watching them. Um, if they have to clarify it, it, it's fine to clarify, but it's, it shouldn't be something that's necessary. You know, that's I don't want to say the old. You know, it would be cool, and 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 it's so tempting to say that, but but I'm sure the designer already knows what's cool about the game, so they don't need me changing things. You know, it'd be cool if you got rid of the <laughs> And you just put cards in. Well, no, this is uh-huh. a game, you know? I think situations like that, are, it, it's about um, managing is not the right word, but uh, finessing a group. Because the thing is, I want people to feel free to say that. Like, I, I don't, I try not to have rules. Like, please give me this or this advice. Please don't give me this advice because I know what I'm doing. I definitely don't know what I'm doing. So I, I want my friends to feel free to say anything they like. Um, and we might have a limited amount of time. So I might say, okay, great. I'll think about that and kind of move on a bit quicker. So it's, it's, it's about how quickly and in, in what atmosphere you sort of move on or stick on uh, a subject that keeps people feeling good about being a part of the process. Because your, your play testers, my play testers are my friends, and I want them to know because I care about them um, that I also care about their ideas um, while still making things flow smoothly so you know it's not a it's not there's not one magical key i think it's just about caring about people right that's a a good one to think about you've also been a publisher right yes yes well and i guess i guess technically i'm i'm a publisher again with the book (laughs) true yeah that's true your book uh but you've published board games before and I had mentioned in the, at the very top of the show, I wanted to ask you about a game. And the reason is there was a game that super intrigued me that I never got a chance to get or even to play. But based on the videos that I saw and some mentions that Tom Vassell had at the Dice Tower, Abandoned Planet looked like a blast. <laughs> Where is this game? What, 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 tell me the story about Abandoned Planet. The, the game that I've played that kind of 
reminded me of it a little bit and it's uh my mm-hmm. other son's favorite game is the oh, the one where you build the rocket in 15 minutes but anyway i'll, I'll think about it in a second but, oh uh, that's a nice that uh, space what is it it's some some really simple name space team space team i think it is mm, i gotta think about it oh it's sitting okay. right over here but it's, it's, I, it's, a cooper- it's a cooperative game you're uh, not super fast yeah not the one that i'm thinking of this well yeah exactly right. you're yes you are you're trying to build a rocket ship together and if we yeah. put enough points into the rocket ship we're all going to get off this yeah. planet but almost sure is- it's almost sure it's space team and it's a great game. okay i gotta think about yeah it, but go ahead so yeah abandoned planet so i was um by the way just to jump back earlier about the elevator pitch about me because after i mentioned resistance we got off into another thing but i want to say that Basically, after Resistance, I kept designing other games. I did. I self-published two games. I designed uh, a Stratego game, uh, a Dune game. I've got hopefully another sort of classic card game coming out this year, oh, and uh, a book as well. So definitely, like Resistance and Avalon are are my big games, but always continuing to work on new projects. That's great. That's great. So, um, Abandoned Planet. Abandoned Planet. Yes. Down? Great. So I was, um, and that's the reason I kind of like wanted to go full detail there because at this point in my life, it was 2015 and resistance and Avalon were quite successful. And I thought, you know, I can do it. I can make my own company. Um, And I did. And I just wanted to go big in some way that was just new for me. And so I thought let's, let's do a full board game. And I wanted to have explosive interaction. And so abandoned planets, a world is about to be destroyed by meteors. I thought that would be a fun theme. And I think I always liked modular terrain. So Catan uh, back in the day and Carcassonne, like other games like that. I wanted to have a world, especially because it's being blown apart, that you could actually sort of pull apart and flip the tiles over to make them go from natural terrain to busted up terrain. So, yeah, I worked on that for, oh, I don't know, maybe a year, two years. And it was, it was my first thought where I thought, you know, maybe I can, I can do this on my own. And so I went through the process and I, I really, other than working with uh, one artist, uh, Bobby, Bobby Reichel, uh, basically I designed the game, wrote the rules, created the Kickstarter, worked with the uh, Panda Manufacturing and did shipments. So you know, not having gone to school for, for these things, it was it was definitely what they the, the, they say, like, it's a master's degree, you know, learning it all myself and, and getting it all done. So that was a cool process. I think that I wasn't so good at, like, marketing the game afterwards, and maybe the rules could have used an editor. Uh, that's one of the things about being your own publisher is that nobody tells you, right. uh, change change this and this. It's all on you. Um, but overall, it was, a really, it was a really good experience. I liked it. Checking in with some other game designers here. Portland Gamecraft. I'm not sure if it's Evan or or Ryan, but one of them uh, checking in. So, hey, thanks for checking in. Probably Evan. Yep, Portland Gamecraft. uh, Evan's the designer of After the Empire. I don't know if you've ever seen that one from um, Gray Fox Games. So, yep. And he's got a bunch. He's got a bunch of other games. It is Evan. Okay, (laughs) that's great to see. All right, Evan. Evan, we've got. Uh, designer Don Eskridge here from the Resistance, the Resistance Avalon, Abandoned Planet, and a bunch of other games, including a Dune game, like you like you mentioned. Uh, what was that? Was that a big difference going from an IP that you you know the the something that comes out of your own brain to having to design something in a world that's already been built? How how, how tough was that to shift gears on there? 
I really liked it. I, I, I hope that more IPs contact me in the future because working with um, uh, Jumbo Dice on the Stratego game was really fun. And I also really enjoyed working on the Dune game because they're presenting, you know, a really interesting thematic situation. Um, and you look at that theme, you see like, what are the, what are the mechanics, what's happening and how can I, you know, create a game out of that, that, that mimics something closer or, or a bit less, uh, either way. Um, and that's a really interesting challenge and, um, I, I enjoyed it. So with Stratego, you know, I was making my own version of an existing game rather than, you know, some car, some movie property. So making a card, a card game version of Stratego, uh, that just had a more of that possible social deduction and bluffing was really neat. And with Dune, that was really neat because in Resistance, you don't have special powers. Like you have character special powers, um, but for the most part, you don't, you're not getting cards to let you do special things throughout the game. It's just not that type of game. But with Dune, I basically looked at some of the important elements of the, of the movies, of the books, and I was a fan of the books. Um, and thought, you know, oh, and I looked at the, the clips they gave me of the trailers because, like, you can't, they're, they're going to be making cards and you have to use images that they that they provide you. Um, so I, I couldn't, like, show things that they couldn't show on the cards. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does make um, sense, yeah. So anyway, making making a game, a social deduction game with 10 special powers was really fun. So I enjoyed it. IPs versus regular. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. BJ Morgan, well, I've got my guest here, Don Eskridge, the designer of The Resistance and The Resistance Avalon and a host of other games. But we're also talking spicy hot games. And one of those you mentioned <laughs> in the green room was For the Win or FTW. Uh, it looks like yeah. a freedom, and, freedom and Freeze game. It is a Freedom and Freeze game. And, you know, I, I think I wrote like five games on there. And this is just one of them. This is just the one that I played most recently. Um, I don't curious. even usually... I don't even usually make comments on, on Board Game Geek. You know, you can make comments on your own lists. Sure. But what, what I wrote on there is what I'll say here, which is that as a two-player game, I don't recommend it at all. But for, <laughs> okay. um, yeah, but for three to four players, it's just a game about learning when to, when to dive in and when to back off because you're basically just trying to shed your hand of cards. But only one player will actually be able to shed down to their second to last card. So when you only have one card left, everyone scores. And if you only have one card left, you score that number of points. So if you only have the 28 left, you score 28. But if you have a 28 and a 24, you score 28 minus 24. Oh, so you score just four points. So you do want to get down to one card, but you want you to do want to get as you can. So that, yeah, you want to get down to one card, but you have to recognize that only one player is going to do that. So you want the remaining cards in your hand, which are going to be subtracted from your highest card to be as low as possible. Okay, but the thing is, having those low cards is tough because you need to always play higher cards. Yes, yeah, so you so said you're just a card shedder. Interesting choice. Yeah, so it's a card shedder. But how are you shedding the cards? Is it your trick, your uh, typical ladder game where you're you're playing cards in a higher sequence, or are you playing pairs, or how does it's, that work? It's it's super simple. Um, it's just single cards. The number must always be higher. The numbers go from one to sixty, but with fewer players, like with three players, you're only playing up to thirty six. Um, and you, if you can't beat it, then you take, you discard one of your own cards from your hand face up in front of you, take one of the cards from the middle pile into your hand. And then later on, 
and then, then the next player restarts the round. So basically from scratch. And then later on, you can use the card that you've laid face up in front of you as an additional, you can add that number to the card that you're playing from your hand. Ah, I know that okay. all sounds kind of confusing. No, no, it's, um, a, it's a take, it's it's a twist on another game. It sounds similar, at least, to another game he did called Fuji Flush. Did you ever play Fuji Flush? I, I also like Fuji Flush. And, and okay. I like these games because, you know, in my opinion, as a person who kind of move, moves around um, and as, as a dad, I don't have a, a huge amount of time, but... Yeah. Fuji Flush for the win. These, uh, these other small games that I like, you can play them with anyone. Yep. And you don't like, you know, especially we as gamers, you know, we play games and we, we like to get good at games. But I really like games that don't require uh, this, this super rules overhead. Yep. R- rules, not, not just rules overhead, but also strategical depth. Like I, I like strategical depth, but if it's so much, the one player is just always going to beat everyone else, then it's not fun for new players. And I like to play with everyone, you know, not just gamers. I'm like, I'm liking the idea of FTW or for the win. Uh, w- w- yeah. That's one of the things I liked about Fuji flush is exactly what you said. I, I could bring it to anything, just a family game night, or even we have a little uh, board game club at our local high school where my wife teaches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she'll call me to, I don't know why she calls me out of all the people in the world, why she <laughs> calls me, but she gets me to go over there and I, I help the other teachers and the people that run it. And Fuji flush is one of those games, Fuji flush and another one is scout. It's games that are yep. relatively easy to teach. People already know how to count numbers and go higher. Uh, they like the right. idea in Fuji Flush of, of banging on the table and being on team three, team three, team three, you know? Uh, and that's, right. <laughs> that <laughs> that team three thing is kind of what's reminding me in FTW where you can mm. play the card, even though you, even though it's still stuck in front of you, you can add to it kind of together. Sort of like when yep. people kind of gang up to try to beat one of those other cards. I know it's not the exact same thing, but I can see Freeman Freeze's brain working. It also reminds yeah. me a little bit. He's got that series of, of little small box games like Fear and Flea and all these yeah. where uh, they, they all just manipulate these little cards. You don't have to read any instructions at all. Yeah. He's got a lot of great ideas. And, and it's like the, the Fortress game. Uh, which is, I think I think it's kind of like fear. It's, it's like a it's one where you you learn it as you go. You and if flip I, over the first card and it tells you how to play the game. Yeah, right? yeah. It's one of those yes. games. Yeah. I love those. It, so I have a particular family member that does not like learning new games at all. Okay. They don't want to sit there and go it. So and this person will re- remain nameless. But I'll bring those <laughs> games because I'm like, look, all we have to do is flip over one card. No one knows how to play this game. You, you you're on equal footing here. And right. they love that. They love that style. They're like, okay, we can do that. Nice. So. Okay. So, so, so clearly, they're still willing to grok rules as you go. Absolutely. Because you, okay. So that's. But that's they good. don't. They don't want. They're not going to sit there for a twenty-minute teach. There's just no. Okay. No, okay. Gotcha. Try try to teach them viticulture. Yeah. Didn't work. You know, right. what I mean? like <laughs> tapped out right. after five minutes. No, it's just too long. Well, that's that's one reason that I also like uh, roll and write games these days because you know they've like the, the the teach is easier because you've got the the map, you've got the card in front of you, which it shows you so much information. It gives so many visual cues as to like what the players will be doing. And you're talking um, about the choice? Yeah, that right? that's correct. That's tell me about correct. tell me about this game. I don't know anything about the choice, but I love yeah. roll and rights. Nice. So yeah, I've I've played a lot of roll and rights, and and actually that's kind of like my next 
sort of genre to to think about getting into because Are we I, see I like Don Eskridge rolling right games. I, I hope so. I hope so. I think that's kind of something that I'm thinking about right now. Maybe that's the one I can finally beat Sean Ramirez in. Do a resistance Avalon rolling right now. Kick his nice. Butt. Nice. No, go ahead. But no, I yeah, I, I play I play a lot of rolling rights, and I think this is just a really nice one. Okay, well, um, this one I'm looking at the picture right now. It's got very few yeah. components, right? Oh, and you've got yeah, you've got so, the box there. Oh, great. Yeah. So so basically, you know, you roll some dice, and then you you got a choice. You've got this grid. So you the 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 dice have colors and numbers on them. I'm not trying to make a way that you can see that. And so basically, you can either make a line with this one. It's your Using dice to sort of make a line, and the longer the line is, there you go, uh, the more points you make, or you can use the colors to go around and earn points that way. But this game is similar, as I said, with For the Win, because you're choosing when to uh, keep investing or drop out, because you don't use just the one side. Uh, if you don't feel like you can make any more points, then you can just flip the, flip the card to the other side, because you're going to, going to use both sides okay. and start on that one. And then basically looking at other, other players' points, you might try to rush the end. And I, I haven't explained everything about the game there. Yeah. It's but okay. I, I think it has a bit more depth than, than your typical roll and write. So I, I like it. It's, it's a nice one. And these games, this guy named like Reinhard Staup, I, I think he was part of NSV for a while. And now he made his own company, Kendi Games. And I, actually, I would love to make, make games for them. So let's, let's see what happens. Candy games. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know this. Let's see if. Uh, no, I don't recognize any of their games. But uh, they're they're new. They're okay. new. That's why you don't recognize them. I'm gonna keep an eye out. It's um. All of these look like small box games. Look uh, pretty. Yeah, they, yeah. They 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 all are. So yeah, I think the choice is the best. And then Deutsch Deutschmarsch. I don't know if they all have English versions. Der, That's one nice thing about Deutschmarsch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like march march through. It's just this really easy gambling game. But it's, well, it's fun. They're all 2023 or 2024. So it's definitely a, a new company. <laughs> yeah. I, I like yeah. that. This, you're giving me some good ideas here. I want to take a look at nice. these. Dersh, Marsh, The Choice. Interesting uh, games. Yeah. Oh, the, there is another one. Let me see if I can get it pulled up real quick. Because there is one I wanted to talk to you about because we both have a. Uh, I think we both. I mean, or at least I'm presupposing that you enjoy this. BJ Morgan Gumbel, I've got my guest here, Don Eskridge, designer of the Resistance and the Resistance Avalon, and I'm a little excited because we're about to talk about one of my favorite area control games. Don, i got to tell you something. I'm not an area control area majority guy. I don't okay, like these cool. big two- and three-hour games. I will play them because my sons love Game of Thrones. They love TI4. I'll play um, all those games, but it's just not my style. You know, Kemet and all sure. that. Not my style. But if you get it down to a 45 minute game or a 30 mm -hmm. or a, you know hour game, now you're talking about speed and the wolves. Totally. Oh, I'm hoping you like this game. You put it on the list. I do like I, it. I do I like absolutely it. adore the wolves. Tell me, tell me, what do you like about the wolves? Uh, so I've only played it twice, uh, but but I've enjoyed both my plays. So I like, despite itself, uh, Kingdom Builder. It's oh yeah, I love Kingdom it's Builder. It's such yeah, it's such a a janky game in my opinion in, ter <laughs> in terms of the theme because. You know, there's no thing. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's the thing. You've got these like towers, which lets you go to the any edge of the board, but then you have to be uh, adjacent on that edge. You you've just got these various things that like let you move around and build a kingdom. And but the truth of the game is that if you want to win, like people say, there's it's all luck, but it's not true. You just need to use these janky rules 
and odds to help you get around the board. So there's so anyway, it's it's a, a spatial strategy game. I, I'm still talking about Kingdom Builder, actually. <laughs> and and I like that game. And 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 I, I like the wolves because it's also a spatial strategy game um, with some special abilities that you either that you generate yourself and that you've and you've got the tactics of flipping over these terrain cards, which that, decide that puzzle is so fun, right? Yeah. It's it's I think I, I it's I'm just like you actually. I don't have time or the desire right now anyway to play Game of Thrones. I should have the desire, but I don't have the time. <laughs> what but but this desire put a pin in there. <laughs> <laughs> but just like but just like you, this is this is a game that I can play with I played this online with my sister, played it for 45 minutes, and the theme is better than Kingdom Builder, I think, because even if it's still abstract, you're still howling, you're still doing things that are feel wolvy you're building oh, I, a den you're you're dominating other wolves like it's fun i'm gonna call you out on that this is thematic i mean i when when we play the wolves i, I mean i'm not saying we, we we i feel like i'm howling i don't mean it like that uh -huh. i mean i don't feel like this is just purple pieces moving around the board like kingdom builder i mm -hmm. mean but let's face it you're just putting right purple pieces out you really are, you know, you're increasing your wolf speed. You're increasing the range. You're increasing the yep. their howl thing. And when we're doing those things, they look like little baby wolves that you got to protect versus the big totally. wolves that can go out totally. and do stuff. I mean, it, visually, this game is very thematic to me. In fact, by the end of every game, I feel like we've told this story about this little wolf pack that started in one mm. corner and has been just sweeping across the board. Or maybe right. you're the little wolf pack that couldn't move very fast, but you were really strong and dominant. And, yeah. and anybody got close to you, you were converting their pieces over. So I don't know. I I just get into the I I I love the and having the, the scoring with like the, the crescent moon, the half moon, the full moon. That that also adds some nice it it, it adds tension it. because I tell people all the time when we play this game, this game is not a two-hour risk game. It, you're gonna sure. you're gonna be building yeah. up this engine because let's face it there's there's some euro elements to it maybe that's why i like it so much so you're building mm. up this little engine and the and if you don't pay attention this game's gonna be over on the next turn i mean at any time <laughs> this game could be over right. next turn because people start flipping pieces over I right love yeah because that, that that'll just spiral yeah you people could just take a bunch of tokens on, on ones and put them on the score track, absolutely right? yeah put a bunch of dins out convert something else throw something mm -hmm. else uh, you know find some lone wolf and convert them i mean and not 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 to belabor the point too much but i will just add one little counterpoint even though that i agree with you this game is okay. thematic especially compared to kingdom builder but the, the 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 terrain like choosing where you can put uh your wolves is based on the terrain cards right and you need to have one right. two or three that you can flip so the terrain itself is is thematic but that puzzle is very abstract. It's okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. That, that part alone is, is fairly abstract, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and the rest is quite thematic. That is where it becomes a board game and you're not watching national geographic. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it, it's right. definitely, it's definitely gamified that part. I, yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. But as I, I actually had the designer on the show a couple of months ago and I told him, man, kudos. I don't know of any other game that has that little that cool little mechanic i can't think of anything like that eclipse mm -hmm. has has an orc nova have cards that you have to play and the strength of the card you know as you go up matters but i've never seen where you have this double-sided token and and everybody's yeah. got one that is easy to get to three 
You don't need tokens. Right. It, one of them's and you easy might to not breathe. even have enough. So I noticed that in one game, I, I didn't even think it was possible for me to dominate a certain type of wolf because uh, I didn't have three or something. I, I could have been mistaken. Though. Well, there is one way and you got to get those special tokens. So, okay. yeah, there, there, right. there are two types of tokens you can get in the game. You can get the little wolf heads and those are the ones that give you a bonus action. And by the way, super powerful. Taking four mm -hmm. turns before the next right. person takes a turn, super powerful. Yeah. That's the way to win. Yeah. But the other way to win is to get those those little bonus tokens because the bonus tokens, somebody that's got two of those bonus tokens, everybody in the board is completely scared of that person. There's no safe space on the board. <laughs> All they got to uh -huh. do is flip one card and they can and they can, you know, eat somebody that's wow. sitting out there. So, right. Hey, while we while we have you here, would you mind helping me out with the wolves? Sure. What I've got for you, let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, we with the thanks to our friends at Panasaurus Games, we actually broadcast we we streamed this game last week and mm -hmm. all we asked is that people come up with wolf names while we played the game or posted them on on youtube and i narrowed it okay. down to 20 selections and you're gonna okay. help me pick a winner and panasaurus games is gonna send a copy of the wolves to that person nice okay yeah so cool. we're gonna do that right now uh we'll, we'll throw it am out i like gonna winner. choose a name or what so this, because this is a board game show, we always have to gamify this. So okay, let's gamify it. Let's my gamify thought it. is cool. either roll a d twenty or just pick two numbers, and then I've mm -hmm. got the list here. Uh, I'll give you the two numbers that we have with the names, and then I'm going to ask you to pick the name that you like. I won't tell you who okay. they are. They've just sure. everybody's come up with some names, and then I'll give you the two because I don't want to. I don't. You know, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to show any favoritisms. There are some names yeah, that I like sure. better than others. So we'll sure, just random, sure. we'll randomly pick those two names, and then you'll uh -huh. pick the best one of the two names. How does that sound? Okay. Yeah, that right. sounds good to me. How do you want to do this? You want to just pick a number? Um. So well, I tell you what. So I've got this. I've got this. This the for the the for the win game right here, and and you got twenty cards. It, so it, it has sixty cards in it, but they're. It definitely has one through twenty. Perfect. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna shuffle these up and I'm gonna flip cards until uh, a one. I'm trying to remember if Evan entered this one. I don't know if comes he, up. if he did, he didn't make the top twenty. So by the way, there are these x. So no, so no one thinks I'm cheating here. There are these extra cards, but these are all above twenty. Oh, so, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So no, no worries, no worries. And and if someone if if a number above twenty comes up, we'll just throw. Yeah, it. I'm just gonna ignore it. I'm just gonna ignore it. So. All right, 26, shuffle it up and let's see our first five, five. All right, five. Okay. Interesting. Nine. Five. That's the number, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So the number five was from Doug Daniel 93, and his choice was Doug the Wolf. Okay, Doug. Not very, not very uh, <laughs> creative, but hey, what let's see. Um, sorry, sorry, Doug, but whoever's up next has a oh, good chance. And a dead pawn is watching right now. And dead, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you what number dead pawn is, but dead pawn does have a name in there. So dead pawn, if he pulls okay. your number, you're gonna have a chance at this. Okay. So, oh, it's two. Okay. Two. Okay. Two was Caleb Huval seven one five seven, and Caleb Huval seven one five seven's name was Moon Howler. So those are not your two bad. choices. We've got. Doug, so Doug the wolf, the, Doug the wolf, and Moon Howler, and Moon so I, Howler. So I, I think there, there's probably something even more creative than Moon Howler, but I like it still. Moon Howler, congratulations, you win. 
Moon Hello is the winner of our Panda <laughs> Panasaurus game giveaway of the Wolves. So I'll get in touch with them on, looks like they did it on YouTube. I'll get in touch with them on YouTube uh, and uh, we'll get them a copy of that sent out. Let me give you some of the other names, including, yeah, yeah, give you some other names. Dead Pawn said Kane Lucas. Kane Lucas. Okay, yeah. that's fine. You're, you're going to okay. see some that have, have I, I excluded this one, by the way. There was actually 21 on the list, but I excluded this one because it was the name father, Steve O'Rourke, who's part of the show. Steve, you can't win. So okay. <laughs> I didn't put him in, but he did have some good names. He had uh, Fenris Bueller. Fen okay. <laughs> nice. Wolf Wolfgang Puck. Okay. <laughs> okay. Justin Timberwolf. That's funny. Okay. And, and Billy Holiday. That's why. Okay. We, that's why he's the name father because he's just good at, at coming up with names. We did have some others though. There was a lot of. By the way, there was a lot of Fenrirs. So I was hoping that mm -hmm. you didn't roll Fenrir twice because then it would have been tough for you. Gotcha. To tough for you to do. Was that Lucas? So <clears throat> that first one, Lucas Kane. Is that is that based on a famous name that I'm not picking up immediately? I'm not uh, dead pawn. If you know, uh, <laughs> maybe explain because I don't remember. I'm sure because Deadpawn just told us last time, but I don't. Just remember. as just as a name, it sounds kind of fun. It sounds like someone from the Harry Potter world King or something. Lucas. Lucas. I, I'm thinking here. lupus because isn't that isn't that uh, oh lupus okay. has something to do well, with uh, with wolves, right? Yeah, Lupin. Yeah. Uh, remember that great fi French film, the one about the wolves, Brotherhood of the Wolf. The La no, Loupe de La Loupe de, de Frad, La Frad, Frad de Loupe. Oh, anyway, didn't see that one. Great, great, great little uh, movie there. And then the what was there was one other one I wanted to. Uh... No, I think that's it. Yeah, that that looks like that's all of the cool names. Okay, well, Fluffy, nice. that was the other one. Fluffy, I don't know. There was just something <laughs> okay. about Fluffy. I mean, based on what I've heard so so far, Moon Howler sounds pretty good. I was right. Canis Lupus, Kane Lucas. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, okay. Deadpawn, nice. not a winner, but uh, <clears throat> in our hearts. You know what? Get in touch with me. Uh, yeah, send me a message with your uh, address, and I've got something I can send you. I'll send you something out of the prize closet because you know what? It's it's a pretty cool name. Kane Lucas is is not bad at all. Yeah, there we go. Hey, board gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here. I've got my guest Don Eskridge, the designer of the Resistance, the Resistance Avalon, Abandoned Planet, lots of other games. But that's not what we're here tonight, Don. We want to talk <laughs> about a book. You've been a board game publisher, and now you're a book publisher. What's your yeah. book? That's the standard question for any author. What's your book about? What's my book about? It's about it's about games, and not just games, but uh, hand games. So, yeah, I thought... Hand Games 21 is the game. Games for friends, family, really, yeah. anywhere, anytime. You could have called it Anywhere, Anytime Games, right? That would have that would have worked too. And actually, I didn't even add the subtitle until very late in the game. And you can see the subtitle isn't even on the cover. Um, so when I was putting, getting ready to do the publishing, I looked up all sorts of like hints and tips. And I found that having a subtitle is a good idea. Uh <laughs> So, so I was like, okay, let's 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 do that. So actually, on the inside cover, uh, you'll see that it that it does say "New Hand Games uh, for Friends and Families," and so anyway, yeah, it's a it's just a book for people to experience hand games. Yeah, new yeah, there it is. There um, it is. Let's see if I can pull it up. Yep. Basically, I spent uh, two or three years working on this. Um, this was sort of my pandemic came <laughs> my everyone had their pandemic project right sure and uh before why do before, sourdough bread 
write a book instead, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but sourdough bread, sourdough bread is also great. It's great. Um, I think I had the idea for like some of these games before I started working on the book, but you know, definitely sort of during that time, I just, you know, felt inspired to, to do something and got these, got these games together. And I thought, you know, I was just surprised because in the process of making them, I, I researched online to just find more hand games and there just weren't nearly as many as I thought there, there, there could be, there should be. Um, and I'm sure that I missed a ton. I'm sure that there are umpteen hand games uh, around the world, but I don't know them. Are you going to start um, handgamegeek.com, the, the world's <laughs> largest board game? I mean, a hand game repository. I, hey, that, that, that would be cool. I think there is there are things like that. I don't think that they're you know, super widely known. Um, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? Because I, I think that hand games are really cool. I think that you know rules themselves are some of the biggest barriers to people playing games and components cost. So it's the the best the, the easiest way for anyone to play games is hand games other than then just word games sure i guess everybody so, knows rock paper scissors right right so the, the right. elevator pitch for this book i in in when i'm leaving the office i'm telling my paralegal hey i'm going to do the show tonight i've got this interesting guest he wrote a book about hand games and she gave me the eye and i'm like you're <laughs> like rock paper scissors right everybody knows that and she's like yeah i said can you think of another game that you could play with your family or friends with your hands she's like I can't think of one. Yeah. I said, well, right. there's 21. There's 21 games right. for you right here. So right. rock, paper, scissors. And the, the the boys on their on their lacrosse team used to play this game where you would, they'd slap each other's wrists. That's not a game I would recommend to anybody. You know the one I'm talking right. about? I can't think of the name I mean, of it. But. Uh, slap each other. It was like it's one of these Twitch games where if you move first, they could hit your wrist. Oh, yeah. right. So, so yeah, that, that, that game I think is pretty fun. I mean, so long as you don't do it too hard. Like, yeah, yeah you're just kind of hovering there. Yeah, doing that. What do, what do you call that? Slap, I guess. I slaps, slaps, twitch, yeah, something. I, I'm not sure. I, we we called it slaps, and and the and there when there's like bloody knuckles, but that's not a game. I, no, not a game. don't like. That's, don't that's, even that's mention not, that one. That's right not. Now. Even, never mind. Um, no, but you've got four different types of games, right? Bluffing and outlasting. Real that? No, actually, these are these are just some of the different those, types. Those right? are just some. Yeah, there are six different genres of games. Yeah, so from. Deduction, cooperative, logic puzzles, um, sort of survival games and games where you're trying to uh, build up points. And I think there's one more that I'm missing. Um, so, yeah, the, the whole idea is the friends and families can take this book and they can be anywhere. They can be at a restaurant. They can be at home. They can be in the car um, and they have something to play, you know, whether it's two players or up to eight there is absolutely a game here for everyone. You know, whether whether you like games or not, you're like if you just like thinking and if you like talking, then there's something here that you'll enjoy. If you could tell eight-year-old Don Eskridge that he finally did design Connect Three, but it's not the game <laughs> that he worked on in Woodshop class, what do you think? What do you think little Don would say? I think his mind would be blown and be like, no way. <laughs> That's tic-tac-toe, bro. That's not. That's not it, but you know. So that's actually funny. I hadn't thought about that. That in that you finally Connect did the Connect was, game. Yeah, so I, I did. I did the Connect game. Okay, so yeah. I tried two games out. Uh -huh. I tried. I'm good. I don't, I really mm -hmm. like them. That's a cool. You know, kind of a. 
how would you call it a social deduction sort it's of a, it's a social deduction twist that's how it's written in the book and that's that's how i'd also describe it because it's it's simpler than mafia but it's also different from mafia and also different from mafia it doesn't require a narrator it doesn't uh i think someone just said something in korean good and then yeah <laughs> is that somebody from korea checking um, in caleb yeah, it's, it's Caleb. So you, yeah, so you can read that. Okay. That's um, awesome. So uh, where was I? So, so yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I'm good. I'll tell you, Chad Crew, that one was very easy to teach. Plays up to mm -hmm. eight people. If I remember, we only had three or four, but that was pretty easy to teach. Then I moved on to River Sub, and that one is a little bit more challenging. They, okay, they, interesting. Yeah, the, the group that I had, you know, didn't quite grok it. These are not people that play games, by the way. So that, that gotcha. might have been the challenge. So, um, but but what I liked about all these different games is there's games for every level, right? S simple mm -hmm. games you could play in line at the queue at Disney World to games you sure. could actually play with uh, gamers at a game night. Like, hey, we're waiting for everybody to play while they're setting up a game. Let's, let's get this thing done, right? Or, Definitely. my God, when you're at BGG and you're waiting in line to get for that hour line to go get your badge, uh, right? Break out this right. game and start trying not to break out the book and start playing some of the games. What's and even what's, for young, even for young kids, like like games like one two out. Actually, actually, whether it's young kids or almost any group, if there's a group of at least four of us or even three, then I just start with one two out because. Um, so I, I don't think you've played it, but you've you got a group of just say for example four people. We could do it right now. Uh, we can. So with just two, it would be over very quickly, but. Uh, Let's sure. Let's just try it. I think if between us two, maybe a different game would be better. But just to explain the game, so we're all, we're gonna say one, two, out, and you're gonna show a zero, a one, or a two, and I'm gonna be the first leader. You don't have to know what that means. Okay. So are you ready? Yep. One, two, out. So show me what you, you put a three. So a as two? the leader, uh, you yeah. I'm sorry. You put a two, and together we're three. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So zero, one, two, three. Blah! You're oh. out of the game. That's super simple. It's super simple. That's that's the whole game. So you're so, you're sitting there trying to figure out what is everybody going to do and how can I jump exactly. into that line and get rid of that person so I stay. Exactly. Oh, so you nice. you you play that with four or five adults, kids, mixed groups, and everyone's having fun because they're getting knocked out. It's exciting because you're going to have one player left, and it takes no time at all. Okay. Here's here's my question: Are you designing these games as in okay, I. I want to design a social deduction game that only uses hands, or I want to design a combat game that only uses hands, or is it the other way around? You're like, oh, what's a, what's cool mechanics and what you know, just doing things with the hands. Is it is it more is it more top down or is it mm -hmm. more bottom up? How how are you designing? These it's definitely it's definitely it's definitely both, or maybe even all three. Like I'm, I think about themes. I think about sort of mechanics like related to hands or not and also i just look at my hands you know <laughs> i'm just like looking at di different things that i can do with them that's that uh, i haven't like noticed before um and sometimes that'll lead somewhere and so like with social deduction games like that's the genre i'm most known for and even before making i'm good i thought wouldn't it be neat if there is a social deduction game where you can choose whether you're good or bad and so i think that's kind of the twist on i'm good which is that you get that choice at the beginning of the game. And regardless of whether it's a hand game or not, I don't know of any other social deduction game that lets you choose. And I think that's really interesting because 
it creates a really neat meta because if you're a player who's always choosing to be bad, then when you're playing future games, people are just going to kill you immediately. So you are actually motivated, incentivized to not always choose to be bad because you want other players to trust you to make it to the last round. Oh so God, it's, like it's a larger game than just that little instance because you are yeah you are necessarily metagaming it in, right? Yes, yeah, it's it's a super meta game. <laughs> what about this one? I saw a number stop. Number stop. Yeah, so this one, so a number of the games are inspired by sort of real real world games. Okay. And Halle Galley and um spoons, Egyptian rat screw, things yeah. like that. Egyptian rat. Um, yeah, Egyptian rat screw. That's one of our my uh, I was a scout scoutmaster for many years, and that's like the number one card game <laughs> that they play. Right, yeah. By oh, the way, I, 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 I was a, I was scoutmaster for 10 years. I still don't understand the rules of that stupid game. And I play <laughs> I mean, I play like you know, pretty tough Euro games, and I cannot figure uh -huh. out. I still think they're 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 I think still think they're messing with me. Is there are there really rules to this game? Absolutely, remember. absolutely. So basically, if you if you lay down a number card, it's nothing, and if you lay down uh, Jack, Queen, King, or Ace, then the next player has a number of opportunities to play a face card. So if that if you play an Ace, then the opponent plays four gets four tries. If you play a King, they get three tries. Queen, two tries. Jack, they get just one try, which makes the Jacks awesome. But so if during those four those X number of tries, they don't play a face guard, you take the stack, which is good. But if anyone plays uh, a double, so the same card that was just played before, then anyone can slap it and take Jack the stack. Jack, I think he's making this up. I really think he's just making it up <laughs> as he goes along. So the, can I give you a quick story? Uh, uh -huh. A couple of weeks ago, me and my son and a couple of the other Eagle Scouts from 10 years ago got invited to go back on the same camp out that we used to do where we would train the younger scouts on scout skills. And one of the cool things that when I took over, one of the cool things that we did is we introduced that Saturday night was was a Cracker Barrel, but what it was was just board games. We would bring tons of board oh, games, nice. even Crokinole. And you know, they, they've been working hard all day. And this is just like, Mr. Barry's bringing in all these board games and that's what we're going to play, right? So uh -huh. as we're doing that, the guys found a, a deck of cards and they started playing um, Egyptian Rat Screw. And I, I'm making my usual jokes about, I don't understand this. Well, the scouts that are in the troop and the Eagle Scout alums, they're not really mixing very much because, I mean, they're 10 years apart, right? They don't have, you know, sure. these guys are college. Some of them are married. And then you got all these kids in high school. Well, they wandered over because they were watching them play this cool card game. Mm -hmm. And they taught them the card game. They ended up playing it. I talked to this guy myself. They ended up playing it all weekend. And so wow. this tradition of a card game that has been going in our troop for like 15 years, because it started nice. before me is now being passed on to the next generation of these little Eagle Scouts. So I don't know. It's just, That's it just made me think that, hey, you know, I, I'm not involved in it anymore, but years down the road, these guys are going to be still, they're going to go, oh no, Troop 10 always plays this game. We got to, we got to learn how to right. play Egyptian rat. So I hope so. That's cool. And that's and that's what and is is number stomp based so, on so num rat? so num number stomp. I, so I guess in the sense that Egyptian rat screw is about reflexes, okay, um, and and noticing the situation at the table, and and so is highly galley, like, like a so, Dutch blitz type sort of uh, kind of thing. Yeah, I think the easiest way is just to explain it real quick. So basically, okay. you know, we all say number stomp, and then show a one, two, three, four, or five. And if you have two players or a stomp, and if you have two players, then you use both hands. And then your goal is to call out the highest number that's revealed, but every stomp that any player is showing cancels all of the highest numbers. So 
Oh just my God. I just got it. Yeah. Every stop just, that people show cancels out all of the high numbers. Oh. So yeah. So just to show one example. So go ahead and put up, go ahead and put up anything just to, okay. just, just to explain one time. Okay. So, so let's um, explain two different situations. I, I'll actually explain three different situations. So there's one stomp here. So that cancels the highest number. So that's a five, right? So that means the highest number is three. So whoever calls three first would win. Okay. Now go ahead and change one of yours to a, a stomp. Okay. So in this case, there are two stomps and that cancels both the five and the three. So whoever yells stomp first wins. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty good distillation of that type of game using just your hands. What is that? What is that game that we, is? Is it spit that we used to play that was sort of like that, where you're playing cards on the table and you had to, yeah. or slap. Some people called it slap. Some people called it spit, and we'd have to slap the cards. As right, a that but was pretty fun. We used to play that. I haven't played that one in a long time. Well, is that we, like? Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Was that the one where you had like a, a a line with seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one? I don't remember. I, I, I rem- I'd, be, yeah. I'd be lying if I told you. But I remember one summer at camp, we literally played that game all the time. And you had a, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd put it down. And if there was a match of cards, you'd have to slap. And whoever's hand was on the bottom, they would get it. There, right. there is a game yeah. that a lot of people play. In fact, my family plays all the time. It's called Dutch Blitz. And they, they make two okay. different decks. You can play up to eight people. And again, it's one of those games where you're watching the center of the table because right. people are trying to build out um, oh, look, there's somebody, one of the fans of other resistance. Thank you for checking in, Grace. Hi, Grace. The uh, we, we were That's actually out... my mother. That's my mother-in-law. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. I like the picture, though. Is, is that a rock climbing almost? Yeah, she know. likes to She likes to get out on the rocks. Well, that's fine. Well, you're playing, the get, you're playing the cards out, but you're also looking to see what other cards are being played to the center. And if you're quick enough, you can grab those cards. And, and you know, anyway, I like the, I like those nice. kind of, I'm not, I'm not good at those games. Cause as I get older, the, the Twitch muscles, the Twitch flexes, you can't sure. lose those things. So, all right. Number stomp is definitely one I'm going to try out though. All right. So if they want to buy and I think, this. Like, like you, you, you mentioned, you mentioned like a scout crew. Like, yeah. I think this, this would be the perfect type of thing for them to just have around. Yeah. If one person has it in their backpack, then, you know, whether you're in a cabin, you're in the woods, you're, you know, in a clubhouse or whatever, you just pull this out and you've got games to play all night. You've got bluffing games. You've got real-time action games. You've got co-op games. You've got them all right there. That's and right. the name of the book is Hand Games 21, published That's by right. Don Eskridge, right? That's correct. With and, uh, uh, Zach Art by Zach Eidsvog. I, I definitely want to mention that. he's There's just one artist for every uh, game in the book. So like 21 pretty different art styles um, that Zach has done an incredible job of. And some of them are actually, actually pictures. Fun art. Took. Yeah. So yeah, fun art, very evocative. Um, I was I was super pleased with working with him. So there were and, pictures uh, and yeah. then he kind of converted them into fun, cartoony things. Exactly. Oh, cool. For some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Well, I yeah. know I, I know that they can find it on uh, like Amazon, right? Yeah, so the easiest way is just to go to handgames21.com because there's a big link um, straight on the on the front page, and that'll lead you to the Amazon site. And and I'm now that sort of reviews and things are going to start are starting to come up. I'm going to add more links to videos like this one and other people who have reviewed the book, so they can kind of check out more information about it. 
I'm going to cut up this video just into this section too. So you can just, you know, post that up for you. And I posted it into okay. the uh, comments over there on Facebook and YouTube and in Twitch. It is nice. hand games 21. Deadpoint has a question for you. Is each, is each hand on the cover from a different artist? No, I think it's all. No, the, the artists, these, right? these are all from Zach Eidsvog. Uh, you can actually check out, I think it's probably Zach Eidsvog.com. Uh, Z-A-K-E-I-D-S-V-O-O-G.com. He's also a board game um, artist. He does a great job. Totally recommend him. Um, and so, yeah, he, he did all these hands. He did all the pages. Um, and an awesome guy to work with. Well, this is a board game show, Don. So we got to play a quick board game. This one's okay, called great. The Envy Game. And Jack, uh, <laughs> who wants to help me out, we're going to just quickly do some questions about a game. Uh, and I'm stumbling here because normally it's Steve, the name father, that's talking about how the game is played, and I'm usually uh -huh. typing away. So, but I'll, but I'll, I'll play the game many times. Uh, basically, the zombie game is a game that you have a jonesing or a hankering to do. It's a little Cajun word that means you really, really want to do something. So, it's a game that could be in your past or something in the future, a game you own or a game you don't even own yet. But whatever mm -hmm. game, if we stop the show right now, what game do you have the zombie? Don't tell us. We're going to try to mm -hmm. guess. You feel like you have so, the rules to the game? So yeah, so this means just with, and I have the perfect. I have I have people with me who want to play the game. Yep, you have the perfect crew to, to perfect play crew. the game. We don't even need to know who the perfect crew is. It's just you've got okay. the perfect group, the perfect play count, the perfect setting. Mm -hmm. If you could play that game right now, <laughs> so it doesn't have to be okay. your all-time favorite all right. game. You know, like Concordia yeah. is my favorite game of all time. Doesn't necessarily sure. mean I want to play that game right now. There's there's sure sure hotness or maybe some old game I want to play. So mm -hmm. okay, so right. I've got a game. I've got a game. He's got the rules of the game. All right, check crew. Let's see who can figure this out. We're competing. It's me against the check crew trying to figure it out. <laughs> First question I always ask, a very simple one: Is it cooperative or competitive? And I'm gonna guess that you're gonna say competitive based on our answers tonight. Um, so right? it is semi-cooperative. Semi-cooperative. That's that's probably going to narrow it down quite a lot. You know what? That's the in 147 shows. That's the first time we've ever had someone say semi co-op. I think wow. I'd have to go back through the research, right. but I don't remember. Cause like, that's because if you look at like when you said <clears throat> your guess about my answer, if you look about at most of my games, like Resistance is also a semi cooperative True. game because you and Abandoned Planet about where you're trying to escape a uh, planet that's about to blow up. It's true. Semi cooperative. Black Hole yeah. Council also kind of so. I should have been thinking about that. That's true. <laughs> okay. Uh, second question. Um, and we have roughly 20-ish questions. You know, the chat okay. crew's questions don't count. I give them as many questions as they want. But okay. I, I'm going to stop myself with about 20 questions. Is it um, – okay, let's see. So semi-co-op. Co -op. Um, is it a – has it come out recently, like let's say in the last five years? No, I and would you, say – I. Can I? If you got to go to BGG, I, you can check it out. Yeah. No, I mean, so I think, if you need to do that, you can go on BGG to get the specific. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were talking about BGG Con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so it, came, it came out. I think. Should, should I? Touch, I don't know how much I should elaborate. Am I up to you. To yeah. The the more so the more. I, I picked up the game uh, when I went to Essen for the first time. I was working for a Korean company and I was really lucky that I got to go to Essen in like 2011, I think it was. Um, and I was really lucky to be able to do that because resistance also came out at around that time. And there would be, as just a young guy, there would be no reason for me to, to be able to go to Essen. Yeah. It really. 
Um, but I was able to go with this company, actually see my game getting released. So that was super exciting. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, it was really cool. And while I was there, I also picked up uh, this other game, which later saw a re-release um, to a slightly smaller version. So around 2011 is when it came out. Well, a couple of hints there, chat crew. So around <laughs> 2011, and it came out in a re-release, but a smaller version. Somewhat, somewhat smaller box. Okay. Somewhat. Yeah, I was I was thinking uh, BSG to Unfathomable, but that's not a smaller box at all. That's the same size. Well, box. so so ignore the smaller boxes. It is technically a smaller box, but not much smaller. Boxes. Okay, not much smaller. Okay. Yeah. All right, so it came out recently within the last 10 years, roughly around 2011. Uh, let's see. That's not going to be a legacy game then. Does it um, – let me see. Is it, an, is it an American designer? I don't believe so. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm almost certain the answer is no, but I'll go ahead and check. While you're looking that up, does it have a board? Uh, it has a modular board. board is it designed by bruno catala no it's not so it's not shadows over camelot then okay and shadows is not really a modular board although they do connect to each other right i don't think it's really it's, i wouldn't call it modular yeah not really modular okay um i'm a okay semi is it is it would you consider it a thematic game or more like an abstract game? I would say it's thematic. Mm -hmm. Thematic? Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> and I, I would say it's a game that's not uh, its not a super popular game. And okay. in fact, my, my own game, Abandoned Planet, um, is based off, of, in some ways, is inspired by this game. An homage to this uh, game? Okay. You could say that, yeah. Inspired a little bit? Okay. You're trying. You're trying to work together to achieve a goal, but not everyone's going to achieve it. That's not Mission Red Planet, then. Um, how long does it take? Is is it uh, is it like you know is it is it a big two hour or plus game or no, or the typical a, one hour wonder? It's your typical one hour wonder. Typical one hour wonder. Okay. Uh, is it still in print? Oh, uh, I'm not 100% sure about that. I, I think it might not be, but it might be. Um, that's All right, a, let's run it down. We got Semi Co-op. It's not an American designer. Mm -hmm. It does have a modular board. It's considered thematic. Came mm -hmm. out around 2011-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It's considered thematic. And not it is indeed. It is indeed 2011 and about the uh, so the, the first publication was not by um, an, an American publisher, but it was, it was I think Eventually. it was like I, I think they independently published it and then an American publisher picked it up. I could tell you who that American publisher is, but that might be giving away too much. Yeah. OK. Well, I was thinking not alone because that was a French publisher first. That's not a modular board either. Oh, man. Boy, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, <laughs> but it's not a legacy game. I don't need to think about and that. I, I, I might have made it too hard. But, I mean, personally, I like the game, so it's not. No, no, no. Hey, we lose on this show. We lose on this in this okay. game sometimes. You, <laughs> right. you will not be the first person to stump us. That, uh, to stump us, that's for sure. Um, All right. 
does it's going to play more than two player. Does it have any minis miniatures? No, I'm not a minis guy. Not no, a minis not at minis. all. Okay. That's a no to the minis. Mm -hmm. um, you wouldn't consider it a social deduction game though, right? Um, or, or do you have no. hidden rolls? Do you have hidden rolls? There, there are no hidden rolls. I would say it is there. Are, it is in some ways a social-ish game, but not purely. Like you are, you are definitely directly interacting with other players, and your decisions are important. Um, there is there is a social teamwork element, but there are no hidden roles. And you and you gotta build it. Yeah, what's throwing me off is this modular board. I'm trying to trying to think. All right, I, I need to think of, of a theme here. Mm -hmm. Is it uh, maybe that'll help me out? Does it have um, semi co-op? That's probably going to be. Is it going to be like? Okay, see, it's a one hour wonder. Is it going to have a space theme? Nope. A historical theme? No, no historical theme. Not a, not a historical theme. Well, that's sounding yeah. like your typical zombie or pirate type of, of thing. But um, no zombies, no pirates. So, so my my game, abandoned planet, is trying to escape from yeah. the planet, and this game is also. Uh, Wait, is this escape curse from the temple? No, it's not. It oh, because that sort of has a modular board because you're you're no, building. No, so that, that's actually a very good guess. It's a very yeah. good guess, but it, but it's not that temple. No, oh, dang it. And that would have come out around that time, but, not exactly. But that right. one is also fully cooperative, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there's no, there's no traitor in there, right? Right. Yeah, and, and in this in this game, it's you're you're definitely at odds with each other from time to time. Okay. Well, that's not betrayal. I mean, betrayal of the house of, on the hill. No, definitely that's, not. Would be that. And that game is that, that game's like four hours. No, thank you. Yeah, I know it's not a one hour game. <laughs> well, it could be as short as thirty minutes if the haunting goes quickly and. And, and the, yeah, and everyone world. knows how to play, and the person can figure out how to be the the bad guy yeah, really yeah. well. <laughs> but no, that's not it. Um, I'm gonna have to. Oh, let's see. Uh, Verla already asked that one. So, does it have a space theme? He says no. It's not a space theme. It's not a pirate theme. It's not a zombie theme. It's not a historical theme. <laughs> Running out of themes there. Uh, a fantasy theme? Not fantasy. So we, when we say historical. So I'll give the hint that it is – so it's not a historical – like it's not a period piece. Um, it does relate to a historical uh, place, a place that we all know that that people from the United States have all heard of. Okay, and so the fact, setting, setting would be in America then? That is correct and uh, has even been featured – in a major blockbuster movie from more than 10 years ago, but that probably all of your viewers would have at least heard of. If oh not my seen. God, this is killing me now. That's <laughs> a good hit. Not even getting it done. Uh, where's Steven? I need him. Where's Steven J? Okay. So that Verla, Verla, we got, we got a good hint here. It's set in America, a big, um, a big blockbuster movie. That has come out. Is the has the movie come out recently? No, the movie is is, is more than ten years old. He's, she um, says Robinson Crusoe. No, it's no, it's not Robinson Crusoe. And that's and this is this is much more um, action. What, is the board game based on the movie? No, it is not. It is not. It's they not. just share 
this this location which you're trying to escape from yeah um and you've had some at that time and in some ways still pretty pretty big name actors in a blockbuster that is also about um both getting into and escaping from this location so like a escape from new york so it's it's not it's not no it's not so the, the word escape doesn't actually even feature in not it but it is but it is clearly about that oh <laughs> i have a feeling i'm gonna know this whenever you say it oh Verlo, i have to i have to call this one and the chat crew is not helping me out here they're not even asking i know questions. i don't see i don't got all see these people much. in the chat and nobody's even asking oh man you're killing me chat crew <laughs> normally they're throwing out a million questions wild west theme not a wild not a wild west theme so i i can go i could tell you the theme or, or maybe i can tell you some of the actors from the movie oh okay that yeah that might help so um we're gonna say you won though, Don. But but, but I'm, I'd appreciate. It. Oh, he says Jumanji. Not Jumanji. Not a not a bad guess. I haven't I haven't played that. Uh, yeah, I guess you could actually play the Jumanji board game. Is is there an actual? Jumanji yeah, board there's game? actually a Jumanji board board game. Okay. Um. So Sean Connery was in this movie. Okay. So that's that that'll tell you quite a bit if Sean. He was Connery in the. Was in he it. was in the um. Not the untou the Untouchables. Yeah. That's set in America. I don't think he was in The Untouchables. Sean Connery, the one with uh, Kevin Costner, where the he's the. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was thinking of I was thinking of the um the the un the Expendables. I was like, no way he was in the Expendables. <laughs> he could have been. He was. Been. I'm, I'm glad he wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely could have yeah. been in Expendables. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he was. Uh, so it's not. Well, it's definitely not The Untouchables. So it's not. It's not an Al Capone based movie. Uh, for some reason, Alcatraz right. was, was, I was thinking in my mind, something to do with Alcatraz, but uh, that is not it. All right. Are I'm going to, sure? yeah. Oh, is it Alcatraz? Something to do with Alcatraz? Yes. Well, I, I thought the name of the game was Escape from Alcatraz, though. Am I wrong? The name, the name of which game? Uh, the, I think there is a game Escape from Alcatraz, but maybe I'm wrong on that. So... There might or might not be, but anyway, it, it does. So Alcatraz is just Alcatraz the game. Uh, well, the scapegoat. Yeah, exactly, Alcatraz oh. the scapegoat. Okay, now I I knew Alcatraz the game, but I don't know this particular version. Is there a big difference between this and the and the the original game? I don't know what I don't know what game you're referring to. I think there was a there was a game from like from way back when called Alcatraz, but. Oh, it's, so this like is this time. is very unlikely to be that. So this is a modular board, and you are prisoners trying to escape from Alcatraz, and you're basically picking up sort of plans to the escape, but from like A, B, C, D, E, and F, and prisoners pick up these plans, and whichever two prisoners have the full A through F escape together, and that other player who wasn't able to contribute is left behind in the prison. So I see the modular board. That's what we're talking about here, right? The, uh, hold on, let me get back so I can see you completely. Yes, uh huh, that's right. Oh no, I I've never played this game. It sounds, I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. So I mean, it's it's how not is it, like how, how is it semi co-op? Somebody is the traitor in there. So every round, so you've got three prisoners who want to escape, and I guess maybe you could play with four four as well. But every round, you're labeling one player as the scapegoat. So you are voting secretly 
And one one player, even if they have all everything they need to escape, cannot escape this round. So that player is actively working against the other players who are trying to gather the plans to escape. Oh, that's that's a great twist. Right. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of fun. And it's it's not the nicest game in the world. And that's why, you know, you say the the on V. So I need to have the right group. Sure. You know, sure. Yeah. they need to be ready to be a little bit mean, but to enjoy it. Um, and it's it's not a theme that I would play with every player, with every player group as well. So they also need to be in that right frame of mind. So yeah, that's what I went with. Great one. This this is great. Uh, the, you know, the, the, my go-to of these type of games is a game called not alone. I don't know if you've ever played that one, not alone, but um, I have not, I've not played not alone, but I've heard about it. I, okay. I, I hear it's good. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's sort of like taking BSG or any one of those games and shrinking it down to just a, it's just about 40 minutes. So I, nice. that's a, that's a common theme with my gaming. I, I like, I like those games that take about an hour. All right, Don, thank you for coming in. We've got hand games 21. I did post the uh, link in the chat. All they got to go is awesome. hand game handgames21.com and they can yeah, then you get, get lots, a link to lots that. of information there you can see uh samples sample pages and i'm going to start posting like reviews and things on that page as well and you've got the amazon link right there so there you go and and if they want to if they want to reach out to you is that the best way is to click on that uh website to get there you're welcome to do that i'm I, there is there is there's a link to reach me there um i'm also at dawn at orangemachinegames.com you can also go to my website, donescritch.com. So I'm also on BGG there. If you want to get in touch, you can get in touch. Oh, that's great. All right, yeah. board gamers, that's it for another episode of Gumbo Live. I want to thank Don Eskridge for coming on. This has been a fantastic chat. You, you stumped us with that game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could have chosen something easier, but, you know, I thought, hey, this is this is the game I'd like to play. It's, so. it's the on V. And it's and actually, it's, yeah. it sounds like a fun game. It's, it's one I'd like to try. I'm going to see if I can find out you know that's the best thing about going to bgg con or dice tower con or any of those you can yeah. usually find games like that in the library where we can check those out i will right. check that and actually so bgg con like i was i was there were you there um in november last november yeah yeah sure was i i was there too so oh, next man, time, we miss each other. Uh, yeah we'll have to meet up do you go every november so i so i did definitely i, I think i went for almost like seven years straight um, and then when I moved to Germany and obviously pandemic stuff, I missed a few years. So yeah, me too. Yeah, I was I was really glad um, in no, this last November to go for the first time in I guess three or four years. Um, and depending how it works out, if I can, I'll go. I'll go next November. Oh, definitely too. hook us up. We, we're nice. <laughs> Verla is part of the crew that comes in. She 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 comes in from Portland, uh, from from Oregon out there. And there's a whole crew of us right. in this little corner of the big room. And okay. we, we just kind of take over that corner and there's it's game groups from Iowa to Austin to East Coast, West Coast. Uh, nice. Our friend Grant Lyon, the comic comes in and uh, it's just it's just a nice. Oh, I love I love Grant. Um, so I, I saw him just for the first time. Uh, oh, did you? At, this, see it? At, at, at this one. And he is so funny. And it, he made me he made me felt so seen. You know, he was making these jokes about board gamers. I was like, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, yes. I, he's, I, I told some of my friends, I said, he's got an hour set and, and about 40 minutes of it is specific to board games. And everybody yeah. in the room is laughing because we know, we all know exactly where he's going. And then he, because he's a professional, he comes out with this right. little twist. He tells the jokes that we all tell amongst ourselves. But then he does it in a professional manner with that little twist right. to make it even funnier. Oh, right. anybody that hasn't seen his uh, set, make sure you see his board game set. So 
Yeah, man. Hopefully I love you, can it, make it to, you can make it to BGG like, Cons. We're getting out. I, I think BGG Con, like the, like the events they do, aren't always like my style. And so when I heard there was they'd have a comedy show, I was like, oh, I don't know. But somehow I ended up and I was like, this is great. Like this oh, is the yeah. first like BGG like branded event. And I was like, hey, this is really good. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go back. I didn't catch it this year. I went the I, I caught it last last year. So it's two okay. BGG. And by by the way, about mentioning about being in the big room, I'm sure you've actually seen me before because when I'm not in games, I'll just like sort of silently stalk around, just looking at what people <laughs> are playing. So I'm sure I've walked past your table multiple times. But I used to demo for people too. I used to demo for for companies like Cosmos, Stronghold. Um, okay. So I mean, you never know. Uh, Gray Fox Games. I did that for many years. So you never know. I've, I may have taught a game to you at either. You know, Gen Con or BGG or Dice Tower or something like that. One Good of those, day. one of those uh, conventions. So, because I worked, I worked BGG Con for many, many years. Now, because Verla and Grant and the Austin crew and the and the Texas crew, there's a, our our friends Patrick and Cindy Newman. There's just we've got such a good group of ga gamers that BGG right. is almost it's almost like an it's almost like an extended summer camp now. We're all we nice. can't wait to see each other. We play games. We know each other. So and every year we we bring in more people into this little game group. So Don, we'd love to have you. <laughs> if you like games, you kind of be and hook yeah. I will hook you up with yeah. nonstop gaming. In fact, I tap out at ten or eleven o'clock. I'm like, okay, that's it. But these guys, so, they will stay up all night, man. For me, it's also a family affair. I go with my brother and sister, and so we've we've got our little crew, and we've got friends who join us. A great guy named Aaron. We played with this lovely lady named I think Polina last time, and yeah, you know, pe people kind of come in and out of our orbit. We have a great time, and so. Our group, my people will talk to your people and we'll have fun next time. Exactly. We'll get our people <laughs> to talk to your people and yeah. uh, and we'll do that. That'll be fun. All right. Well, that's it for another show. Uh, next week, we've got Darren Reckner and Jason Hager. They are designers of Lore and Logic, Don. That's a game coming out by my friend Carla Kopp with Weird Draft Games. But the kicker, and I'm going to talk to him about that game and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I can't wait because I got a copy coming in. I can't wait to talk to him about it. But what I'm really mm -hmm. excited, Verla, is that they also designed one of my favorite games Unmatched Adventures, Tales to Admaze. It's a co-op version of Unmatched that is absolutely fantastic. It's one of my games of the year. So I can't wait to talk to Darren and Reckner about that. Remember, catch us on twitch.tv slash boardgamegumbo every other Tuesday night. Not next Tuesday because Darren and Jason want to come in uh, to Gumbo Live, so we'll do that instead. But the following week, we'll be playing your games live on TV, uh, live on Twitch, right on our Game Toppers LLC table. And I'm BJ from Board Game Gumbo. And for my guest, Don, and for Verla and Steve and, and Jay, who could be here tonight, les ailes bon temps roulés. Les, les, les ailes bon temps roulés.